Wednesday morning, I felt really bad. I was on my way to the Brewers game, and my phone rang, and Brenda Hartle gave me a call, and she said, hey, just to give you a heads up, I'm sure you already knew this, uh, but today is Administrator Professionals Day. Of course, I had that penned in on my calendar. And what, what I felt really bad about was I was heading to Milwaukee to go to the Brewers game, and so Kira, who's been working here for the last three months, wouldn't get to be around me on Wednesday. And I just felt like that's not, you know, that's not a great way to, to spend Administrative Professionals Day all, all by yourself and, and not to get to spend time with, with the people you work with and love. Uh, and so I, I decided, hey, on, on Thursday, I should probably do something nice for and so I decided, hey, we'll, we'll, take you to, we'll take you to Blue Yorkie down the road. If you haven't been to Blue Yorkie, they have all kinds of, of uh, smoothies and, and fruit juices and veggie juices and oat power. I, clearly, I'm not the, like, the biggest of their clientele, uh, but it's, it's healthy stuff that tastes great. Uh, and my wife loves the place, so I'll occasionally go in there and get her something. Not, not so much my jam. It's, it's a great place, just, just not really my jam. But I'm like, hey, we'll, we'll take care of there. And, and Brooke was with me on Thursday working on some stuff here at Lakeside, and, and we're getting ready to head out to go to Blue Yorkie, and, and Brooke's already making her way to the car. And uh, she, she looks at me and says, do you have your wallet? I'm like, yeah, of course, let's go. We're good. Lock up the church. We get into Blue Yorkie. And I start reaching around. <laughs> And I realize I don't have a wallet. And I, I've been married to my wife for almost 13 years, and I know there's no point in even asking her. Because if, if we're together, she, she never has a wallet. There is no chance she has a wallet. And so we're standing in Blue Yorkie to show our appreciation to Kira right after we get done telling her, now get whatever you want. You know, we, we, we love working with you. We're, we're so glad you're part of, part of Lakeside that God brought you here. And uh, I just start, just start laughing. And Brooke's like, what's wrong with you? And I, I couldn't even get the words out because I, I was on the end. She's like, no, what, what is wrong with you? It's getting awkward. Tell me, why, why are you giggling nervously? And I'm like, I don't have my wallet. And Brooke has no chill in moments like this. No chill. See, part of me is trying to process, okay, do they take Apple Pay? And I don't have any cards linked to Apple Pay, but I can probably remember card well enough to get it into Apple Pay after a couple guesses, so I'll just try to do that. But Brooke has no chill in these situations. And at the top of her lungs, she looks at me and goes, are you serious? And I'm like, well, there goes the Apple Pay. And Kira, and Kira's like, what is going on? And I'm like, well, get whatever you want, because you're buying. Like, I don't, I, I don't have my wallet. I'll, I'm like, I'll, I'll leave, and I'll, I'll go get the wallet, and I'll be right back. And Kira's like, oh, no, I've got it. Let me, and then Brooke's like, well, you have Venmo, don't you? And Kira's like, yes. And I'm like, well, let me just go get, she's like, no. I'm never letting you live this down. And I'm like, fine, <laughs> fine, I'll just Venmo you right now. Sometimes in life we get caught in situations where it's kind of like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? 
And sometimes you can kind of process through those things. Sometimes you're with somebody who has no chill, and they just call you out in front of everybody, and you're like, well, I have no more time to process this now. Sometimes, even if you have time to process it, you don't really know what to do. The last couple weeks, we've been going through the book of Acts, and last week we saw God shows up, and he does the supernatural, and he does the miraculous, and on the apostles and the groups of believers who were assembled together, the Holy Spirit came, he gave them the gift of speaking in tongues, and they were speaking in all these different languages. Every language from across the world was being represented, and people heard the news, and they came. And Peter delivered a message of the hope that we have in Jesus. And this morning, we're going to see the people who heard are kind of left with this, but what do we do with this? And that's where we're going to pick up the account today. So if you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to follow along with us in the Bible app. It's free resources that you can download in whatever app store you utilize. And there you can go to the events feature within the Bible app, either enable your locations, type in zip code 54201, Lakeside Community Church will pop up. You can follow along with us that way right in your Bible app. If you have a traditional Bible with you this morning, we're going to be in the the second chapter of the New Testament book of Acts, and we're going to be in Acts for, for a while, so that's where we're going to be. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 37 this morning, and if you're joining us via the stream, thanks so much for joining us. My name is Brian. I'm part of the team here at Lakeside, and we are so glad that you've joined us this morning. The verse will be available on the screen below as we look at what happens after Peter has just stood up and shared the hope of Jesus, the fact that God loves us so much that he came, he died on the cross for our sins, he rose again three days later, and we have hope in him if we would place our faith and trust in Jesus and what he's done for us. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, where we read these words. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? I love this. I, I love this question. Because it, it forces us to recognize that here is Peter, and he's gone over the, the entire message of the gospel. He's gone over the hope of Jesus. And the response of the people who heard is, well, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? And this question, it forces us to recognize why God has placed us in the places that he's placed us. That God has placed you and I, people that love and follow Jesus, God has placed us where he has placed us for a purpose. And that when we share the hope and the love of Jesus with people, we need to recognize that people aren't just going to instantly get it. People aren't just going to instantly get it. And there's going to be questions and there's going to be elements and things that they, they don't understand and they have to process through. And this is a reminder to us that yes, corporately, as Lakeside, we exist to help people process this question. We exist to help people move one step closer to Jesus and reach those far from him, which means for the person that's never delivered their life to Jesus, we exist to help them move one step closer to making that decision, which will change everything. We exist to help the person that's followed Jesus for 60 years to move one step closer to him in the process of becoming more like God, of the, the process the Bible calls sanctification. It's a process where we become more and more godly. We become more and more like God and less and less like God ourselves we exist for that as well but never can we never can this be lost on us and never can we forget the fact 
That we, if we are doing our job, if we are following the Great Commission, which Jesus told his followers to do, to go to where you are and then to your region and across the world, telling people about the hope of Jesus, if we're going to do that, then we're going to have to walk people through that process. And we're going to have to be available to help them through the questions that they have. And one of those questions is, well, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? And Peter said to them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't know what to do with this? And maybe that's you. Maybe you're here, and maybe you've heard about what Jesus has done for you. And maybe you believe it, but you're just like, but what do I do with this? Where do I go from here? What do I need to do? And and Peter says, Hey, repent and believe. Repent and be baptized. That's what you do. So what is, what is this idea of repentance? And this goes back to the core, one of the core foundations of the gospel message. And one of the core foundational aspects of the gospel message is that you and I have a problem. You and I have a problem. Not in just what we do, but in who we are. You and I have a problem at our core. It's a problem that the Bible calls sin. God created us. God created everything. God gets to make the rules. It's just the way that things work. We rebelled against those rules. Some of us rebelled against those rules more often than others. Some of us have only rebelled against those rules a very small amount of times, but we've still rebelled against those rules. And so we have a problem. And repentance is the idea that we, we view sin the way that God views sin. We view our imperfections in the way that God views our imperfections. See, sometimes people can, can have the idea of Tupac, only God can judge me, which, which translated as, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do with my life, and you don't really get to say anything about it, but make no mistake, God will judge you. So I'm not really sure how great that philosophy is to live your life with. Repentance is the idea that we see sin, we see our imperfection in the same way that God sees our sin, in the same way that God sees our imperfection. So that we don't just walk through life thinking, well, I've given my life to Jesus, so now I've got a license to go out and do whatever I want. No sense wasting the grace. And we've all thought it, and we're not alone. In fact, a, a, a healthy portion of Romans deals with this idea. But no, repentance is to see sin. It's to see imperfection in the same way that God sees it and say, these are the things that, if we're being honest, some of them at our core, we still want to do. But I'm going to choose instead to honor God. I'm going to choose instead to live my life according to God's plan. And here's the thing. Every single time, Every single time we'll follow God's plan. Every single time we'll do things according to the ways that he would have us do them instead of the ways that we want to do them. Every single time. It will lead to more fulfillment. It will lead to more joy. It will lead to more satisfaction. Every single time. But we've convinced ourselves that if we do things according to God's plan, that somehow we're missing out. 
And repentance is us saying, no, I see my sin, I see my imperfection in the same way that God sees my sin, in the same way that God sees my imperfection. So I'm going to turn my back on that, and I'm going to pursue the life, I'm going to pursue the decisions, and I'm going to pursue the choices that God wants for me instead of the ones that I necessarily want for myself. Peter said to them, you've heard this message, so repent, repent, and be baptized. Show the decision that you've made. Show the decision that you've made, that you've decided to give your life to Jesus and make the outward expression of that public. And that's why we rejoice about this. We rejoice about this. Just, just a couple weeks ago, we, we rejoiced with the people who were baptized here in Easter. We're having conversations right now with some of you. And some of you are like, hey, I wasn't baptized in Easter, but, but I, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized, and we're excited about that. And, and so we're going, to put, we're going to put something on the calendar, which is a great thing to put on the calendar. We're excited about that. He says, hey, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Show the decision that you've made. Show the decision that you've made for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's, what, here's what he says. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. Now, in the context of Acts chapter 2, this has led some people to erroneously believe that if, if, you are, if you're a follower of Jesus and, the, and you get the Holy Spirit, that you have to speak in tongues, that, or else you don't really have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we know that's erroneous because 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30, it refutes this. It refutes this. Not everyone is going to speak in tongues. Not everyone is given the same set of spiritual gifts. And so some people have erroneously said, well, in the context of Acts chapter 2, what he's saying here is that in order for you to actually, actually have, have the Holy Spirit, it means that you have to speak in tongues. But all we have to do is go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 30, to see that that's not the case. But here's what he says. You're going to make the decision to follow Jesus. You've given your life to Jesus. Here's what needs to be the hallmarks of your life. Repentance. You need to be baptized. You need to show people about the decision that you've made. And you need to recognize that God is not a distant deity, but that the Holy Spirit, God himself, the third member of the Trinity, actually comes and resides within you. That God is at work within you. That God will convict you. God will encourage you. God will comfort you. God will direct you. God will guide you. These are all benefits, but these are the things that need to be hallmarked of people that follow Jesus. For the promise, he says, is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And the implications of this are not lost on us. They can't be lost on us individually. They can't be lost on us corporately. The implications are this, that everyone... Every single person who places their faith and trust in Jesus will find salvation. Every single person. And that's our hope. That's our hope. That every, this hope is available to everyone. To the people that we would look at and think, well, those are the, those are the salt of the earth people. Those are the best of the best people. Salvation's available to them. And none of us would have a problem with that. We'd all welcome it and, and celebrate that. But to the person who's the farthest off, who's committed the unspeakable crimes, 
who we look at and just say, no, they should be ostracized. They should be dismissed. They should be rejected. Salvation's available to them too. We can't celebrate the fact that salvation's available to our best friend if we're not willing to celebrate the fact that salvation's available to our worst enemy. Because God doesn't discriminate. The message here is that the hope of Jesus is for everyone. It's for everyone. And this must be one of the things that just define us. That we see people with the same eyes that God sees people. And we have a heart to minister to the people that that society signs off on. Society says, hey, they're the best of the best. We We have a heart to go minister to those people. And we have a heart to go minister to the people that society says you have nothing to do with them. That we don't leave them forgotten. Because in one of Jesus' teachings, the sheep and the goats, he asked some very hard questions for those that claimed that they loved and followed him. And he says, where were you? Where were you when I was hungry? Where were you when I was thirsty? Where were you when I was a prisoner? Where were you when I was down and out? We celebrate that salvation is available to our best friend. But we also need to celebrate the fact that salvation is available to our worst enemy. We celebrate the fact that salvation is available to to those who, who who have made some really tough choices and made some really tough decisions. We celebrate that salvation is available to the addict. But we also have to celebrate that salvation's available to the dealer. We celebrate the fact that salvation's available to the sex worker, but we also have to celebrate the fact that salvation's available to the pimp. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. That hope is available to everyone. God does not discriminate. And the reason that I say this is because we just have to understand that this gets messy. And this sometimes makes our lives difficult. But that's ministry. And that's following Jesus. And Lakeside, as long as I have the privilege of of leading Lakeside, is going to be a place that we welcome the saints and we welcome the sinners. And we tell everyone, you are welcome here. And I know that sounds great, but understand what we're saying when we say that. That you're welcome here. Because the hope of the gospel, the hope of Jesus does not discriminate. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I, I love this. This is incredible. He doesn't pull any punches. He's just like, save yourself. Look at what's going on around you. Look at what's going on in your generation. Save yourself from this crooked generation. 
So what we take from this are a couple things. Number one, we look at our society and we're like, well, things aren't going great. And there's nothing new under the sun. What is our message? There's hope. There's hope. Accept the hope of Jesus. Save yourself from this crooked generation. I just want to encourage you once again, especially those of you who are trying to find your footing in life. Maybe you're younger. Maybe you really struggle with identity. Maybe you struggle with the fact of acceptance. Maybe there's some wounds in your life and you really care way too much about what other people say and think about you. And, and here's just yet another example where I just want to encourage you, don't, don't gauge your decisions on what's widely accepted. Gauge your decisions on what God's calling you to do. Gauge your decisions on, on the mandates of Scripture. And understand, there are going to be people that don't like that message. Understand, there are going to be people that, that don't approve of you doing that. And that's okay. Choose to be obedient. Choose to follow Jesus. You'll never regret it. And it can't be lost on us. But there are three thousand people who made decisions that day for Jesus. Three thousand people. Because God shows up and he does the miraculous. And then what happens? There's mass confusion. And he uses Peter. To give the message. And Peter just boldly and obediently gives the message. And God changes the hearts of people. And 3,000 of them, 3,000 of them made a decision to follow Jesus. And so it is our prayer. Without apology, it's our prayer that God would use us, that God would use Lakeside in this region to make a massive difference for him. We will not waver on the message. We will not waver on what Scripture clearly tells us to do and what Scripture clearly prohibits us doing. And we'll let God sort it out where he will. But recognize this, we are fully, we are fully aware that we are fully dependent upon God. And we are fully privileged that God, for whatever reason, chooses to use us. Broken and flawed people to advance his work. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, in prayers. And so what are these people devoted to? Well, a couple things. Number one, they're devoted to Scripture. They're devoted to Scripture. And they're devoted to community. 
They're devoted to Scripture, to, to learning and growing what Scripture says, and they're devoted to community, being with one another. I just want to remind you, if you haven't already signed up for it, sign up today, Friday night. We're having a party. We're celebrating community. We're being together. Don't miss it. If you're available and you're not doing anything, come and just enjoy being together. You can sign up at the information table. Kira will have the computer there. It's Friday night, 5.55 p.m., but come on out and enjoy being together. There is something that, that God has wired within us all. There is something that is, is, is beautiful, and at times it, it's, just, it's, it's, it's something that changes us when we are together. When we are together. And so if you don't have plans Friday night and you haven't already signed up, sign up for Cinco de Mayo, 5.55 p.m. here at Lakeside. What else are they devoted to? To communion. They're devoted to communion. To remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. And in a couple minutes, we're together. Going to take communion where we recenter our hearts. We remember that our salvation was purchased by a Savior who suffered for us. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. I, I want to let you know, if, if you're gluten-free and, and that's prevented you from, from taking the, the crackers that we pass out, uh, during, during the last song, I would just invite you to go back to the, the booth over there. And we have a gluten-free option available. Um, so if, if you're gluten-free, now if, if you're just like trying to watch your calories or something, like it's a cracker, all right? But if you're like, if you're gluten-free, if you're, and, and it, it'll like mess you up, we don't want that, and we don't, wanna, we don't want it so you can't take communion. So just make your way back to the, back to the booth over there, and, and we'll meet you with, with a gluten-free option. You can just carry it back to your seat and hang on, and we'll take all the elements together. But communion recenters us. It forces us to remember, hey, that Jesus had to die. And the reason he had to die is because I've made some bad decisions in my life. I've committed some sins in my life. I have some imperfection. And what is the message? Repent. And it's, it's, it's something that we do which causes us to analyze what are the areas in my life where I need to repent. And get more in line with Jesus. And they're devoted to prayer. They're devoted to prayer. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. But every Monday we send out a list of things that, that we're, we're praying for, the requests that, that you pour in, as, as well as the people of Lakeside that we're praying for. It is our honor and our privilege to do that. If you don't get those emails, I can't encourage you enough. Sign up for those emails. If you aren't utilizing those emails and having other people pray for you, well, it's cool that you think you got it on your own, but you don't, so let us pray. Let us pray with you. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And what happens? God shows up and does the miraculous. God shows up and does the amazing. They see God show up and do incredible things. And the response is they together are unified. And they were selling their possessions and belongings 
and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So we have this group of people who've made the decision to follow Jesus. They've repented. They've been baptized. The Holy Spirit has come in their life. They're operating according to the Holy Spirit. They're devoted to Scripture. They're devoted to community. They're devoted to communion. They're devoted to prayer. God shows up and does the miraculous. They're unified. And they're generous. They're generous. They're selling their own possessions for the needs of others. It's not normal. Why do you do that? Because you recognize that something is is bigger than you, and what happens is you start to really love one another. You start to recognize, hey, all these things that I've held on to, all these things that were so important for me, people are always more important than possessions. And if I can help that person, I'm going to help them out. We don't publicize it often. But the things we have been able to do because of your generosity, I believe are nothing short of incredible. I don't, I don't have time to go over it all today. I, I wish I did. But the, genera- the generosity of God's people here at Lakeside have enabled us so many times to meet people in messy situations. You say, let us help. And we just don't throw money. We just don't throw money at problems. We try to meet with people. We try to get them on a plan. We try to help them budget. We try to help people along the process so they don't end up back in the same spot. Your generosity makes it possible for us to have an impact in this community, have an impact in this region, and to be a place that people, when they don't know where else to turn, can experience the love of God and the love of God's people. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And this is the reality. That community, when it's done the way that God designs it, as we see right here, it always spurs more conversion. God has designed us, all of us, to be part of something bigger. To have an impact. And it's one of the reasons that we gather together. We gather to scatter because all of us have people in, in our, our circles of influence, in, in our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, that we don't all have collectively, but we gather to be encouraged. We gather to pray together. We gather to study the scriptures. We gather to, to take communion together. We gather to, be, to, to just be better. 
That's how God designed it. And then we scatter to change the world. But community, as is designed here, it always spurs more conversion. It always enables us to have a greater impact because collectively we can all accomplish more than any of us can individually. And God has positioned us here in this region to make a difference for Him. And it starts with us individually loving and following Jesus. And then, as we as individuals come and assemble together, we make everyone better by being part of something that is bigger than us. And I don't know about you, but when I look at this region, I recognize this region needs a whole lot more hope than what it has. And that is why God has put us here. It starts with us individually, but then it moves to us collectively. And so I hope and pray that you'll join us. That you'll join us in being part of the community of Lakeside. And you'll join us in praying that God will accomplish great things through us for his glory. God, thank you for Lakeside. Thanks for what you're doing through the life of Lakeside. Thanks for the fact that you've positioned us here to impact this region, to impact those that we come into contact with. God, thanks for giving us a place where we can come in all as individuals and become a collective. where you accomplish more through us. And God, we would ask you to accomplish great things in this region for your glory, and we would selfishly ask to get to be part of that. God, that we would be people that as we love and follow you, would come together collectively to encourage, to support, challenge. God, we know it, it starts with you, and we are dependent upon you, and so we're asking you to work in a powerful way through the life of Lakeside. We're asking you to bless our efforts. We thank you for, for those that call Lakeside home. Thank you for the community that is here, and I pray that those who, who need it, whether they recognize it or not, would find the community that you want them to be a part of here. God, that we would be devoted. We would have a passion to learn more about you. We would, have, we would be devoted to one another. That we would be people who are re-centered by the sacrifice of our Savior. And our lives would be devoted to prayer. God, that you would show up in a powerful way. changing people's hearts and lives 
that generosity would be the marker of, of all of us. And God, that we would have a massive impact in this region. Work through us for your glory. Thank you for saving us. And thanks for using us to partner with you and what you have done and what you're going to do. So God, we just ask that you would bless this place, bless this church, and let it be part of what you do to transform this region. Jesus, use us. We pray in your name. Amen.